What's up? Welcome back. Thank you for joining me again. Today on the podcast, I talk with Gary Collins. Gary has done something that we have probably all thought about doing. And that is one day he was fed up with doing what he was doing on a daily basis in the corporate world, working for the government, and decided he is going to live off the grid and live a much simpler life. Um, Gary spent almost half of his life in in military intelligence, working as a federal agent. And one day he said, you know, I'm fed up with all this stuff and how can I live a simpler life? And he put some things into action to to live a simpler life. And he has gone on to write um, a book called The Simple Life, another one called Going Off the Grid. And that's what we talk about today, how eliminating a lot of these things in life can make you a lot happier and healthier, both physically and mentally. Um, three of his uh, pillars in living a simpler life would be empower your health, free your finances, then also find your purpose. And living a simpler life, whether it be cutting out people or material things, um, negative influences are going to make you live a happier and healthier life. So. Um, it's a really important conversation. I think we can all take something from it. We can all maybe take some tools to live a simpler life in turn, which will be a happier and more productive life. Gary, he's an interesting guy. You know, he's very opinionated on, on a few things, but overall, you know, I really enjoyed the conversation. So I think you will too. And moving on, I, uh, I'm really excited to announce that uh, I have an extended partnership with Engineered Sleep. We've had some great feedback from those guys and some individuals going out and getting new mattresses, and I am pumped to keep them on as a sponsor of the show. So if you haven't heard, Engineered Sleep is a mattress manufacturer. They are based out of Greenville, South Carolina, but you can also visit them on their website, engineeredsleep.com. Sleep is so important for health, for your mind, for your body. Um, It's something that you shouldn't be putting on the back burner, and it can all start with your mattress. So reach out to the team at Engineered Sleep. Use promo code LIVE10, whether in-store or online, or if you call in, whatever, use promo code LIVE10. You'll get 10% off your order, and really, you'll start living and sleeping better. So love the guys in Engineered Sleep. Reach out to them and get yourself a new mattress. With that said... Here is my conversation with Gary Collins, and I hope you enjoy it. If you do, pass it along to some friends and family, and uh, give us a nice rating on Apple Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Live Life in Motion, where the goal is to bring you conversations that give you the power of education so you can use those tools to optimize your life on a personal and professional level to better yourself, your community, and those around you. Gary Collins, thank you so much for joining me today. I am very excited to have you on. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on, Sam. Thanks for reaching out and uh, getting a hold of my assistant. And like we were just talking about, as people know, you can reach me. I am (laughs) not that important. I do not feel that I am at the top of a mountain and I must, uh, you know, piss on all the underlings below me. Uh, It's, if you need to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me. That's right. And um, I mean, I have so many notes here. We could probably talk for a very long time. So we're going to touch on a few different subjects, but 
I got to ask you, um, actually a client I was with this morning kind of gave me this question when I told her you were coming on. What was your breaking point? What, what happened for you to live a simpler life? What was it? Oh God, there was so many, uh, working in the federal government for 20 years will do that to you. Uh, I had many moments in the federal government where I went, what am I doing? Why am I here? (laughs) You just, and as my career went further, it just got weirder and weirder to where we're at today. I couldn't even imagine working in the government today. I, I have no idea. I have friends who are still in and they're losing their mind. And uh, I think the biggest point, and I, I've talked about this in other interviews, is I was uh, at the FDA at the end, and I was beaten down. I was done in general, but chasing the carrot, you know, of life, trying to get to uh, the end. And uh, I was sitting there listening to a dim-witted boss. Just, she is the epitome of useless government bureaucracy. Never done anything, uh, you know, but had gotten to be the boss where you say shit floats to the top. And it, it does. And she just chastised me, telling me, you know, just in a media, I'm all, oh my God, what? I remember looking out the window and I just tuned her out. And I went, I got it. I just was like, I got to do something else. I've got to get out of this, this machinery. And it was not only the government, but I was living in a city, big city, which San Diego, which I love. I have loved. I moved there when I was 18 for my little podunk town. And I always loved it. I don't, I just don't like it anymore. It's too populated. It's California. It's just chaos all the time. Uh, But just, I think that it was like, I just, I got, I I really need to change and make a change and kind of go back to my roots. And I already had a plan in place. I'd already thought of it. I was already uh, loosely putting it together. I'd looked at more remote land because I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really didn't have a whole lot of neighbors. Uh, and it wasn't on a mansion on a ranch like people seem to think. It was in a beat shit trailer uh, with cars on blocks in the yard. That's how I grew up. And we grew up poor in the middle of nowhere. So I think kind of going back to that, though, of the simplicity I had, yeah, we didn't have much, but that's another problem. I'm getting ready to do a podcast uh, on that today. I was, I'm going to record it after this about we're still lucky. You know, even though people in, in America think they're poor, you're actually rich mm-hmm. comparably. And I think kind of coming back to that realization that, hey, you don't need all this crap. And all this noise and drama, you just don't. You know, growing up in the 70s, I was lucky enough to grow up without technology for the most part. There was no social media, no internet, no cell phones. So the technology my mom grew up with and what I grew up with were not that far different. You know what I mean? There wasn't this huge gap. And I think it just kind of resonated with me of, yeah, I grew up poor. It sucked at the time, I thought. But in the big picture, I went, I was pretty free. Yeah. I had a bike. Yeah. No one could track me. My bike didn't have a tracking device on it. Um, you know, I didn't have a cell phone. I just got on my bike and I rode. And I, as far as those stupid legs would take me, I could go, you know? What? And it just kind of thinking of that what kind of was, brought me back. Yeah. And, you know, like I've listened to you a good bit and I was always thinking, you know, he kind of went back to his roots. Like that's how he grew up. Then he went yeah. into this kind of 
hectic chaos and he was like he just kind of got back to where he probably felt more free what was the first step for you after you were sitting in that boardroom listening to that lady for you to for you to get out oh it wasn't even a boardroom it was me and her and another boss it was i can't even it gives me nightmares to this day um I, I was I, I always tell people those meetings made me stupider for life because uh, they drained anything of intelligence and rational thinking out of me. Um, it's what we're seeing today. Uh, I'll give you a good example before we jump in. Just think of Dr. Fauci, and I don't even know why we call him a doctor. We should just call him douchebag Fauci because he's an idiot. I worked with hundreds of people just like him all the time. I protected people like him. Think of him and what we're going through right now, and that's what I dealt with on a daily basis. I kid you not. It it would literally drive you insane. It would. Because you're would. in such a different world, and you're sitting there going, this individual is truly a clueless moron. And, and you, you just, you never thought you could see people in positions of power Growing up, especially the way I did, you know, where we were all pretty much poor, all equal for the most part, um, <laughs> that you go, you're just seeing it go, how did this person get there? And you just, you know, I don't get it. it none of this is computing. My little <laughs> human brain can't put these pieces together. Um, but for me, the first move, uh, big move was leaving the government. I mean, to be honest with you, I knew I had to, though. It, it, a whole host of things had to happen. But I knew that I, with, it, I couldn't live the life I wanted to live by staying in the grinder. And my job, you know, as a federal agent, it was just a grind every single day. The amount of responsibility and the amount of liability I had from the moment I woke up was it just was overwhelming near the end. I'm just all, all this liability and that's all it was. <laughs> the gains were minimal. Was that, you know, I used to tell people, I tell the story. If I, if I broke my cell phone, I would have to write a memo that would go to headquarters of how and why I broke my cell phone. That's absurd. And not only that, but that cell phone contained or Blackberry contained, you know, sensitive information. So it was like, you, you just think of that. What you year wake up this? in the morning. Oh, when you when you 2009, got 2009, 2010. Is did you right away sell your house in San Diego and move? No, uh, that had to be more. <laughs> that even took more because I was in. A, I bought during the boom, uh, but didn't hit at the peak. I didn't buy at the peak, but I bought overpriced. Now that house, it would be cheap for what I paid for it at that point. It's gone so nutty, we're well beyond that point of insanity. And it seems that our, our memory is getting shorter and shorter. You know, I've lived through three boom busts in the real estate cycle now. And the last one taught me some valuable lessons because real estate was my side hustle right. in the government. And uh, trying, you know, dealing with that house, and I've talked about this too, was I was trying to hold on to it. You know, because I'd always paid my bills. I'd never been late, had a great credit, you know, almost perfect credit score. I was doing everything I was told to do to be a good citizen. You know, followed the rules, followed the law, worked hard, went to college, did everything I was supposed to do. And I was miserable and, and broke for it, for the most part. And 
you know, dealing with the banks at that time and the bank GMAC piece of shit bank that was, they went out of business. Um, and they, the lady on the phone said, I said, Hey, I need a year. I just left the government. I've got to get some major surgeries. You know, I just need to be able to get back on my feet. That's all I'm asking. I've never missed a payment. I put 20% down, six figures down <laughs> and I'm all, Hey, just cut me some slack for a year and that way I can get back. And she goes, eh, why don't you sell, you got a car? And I went, what do you mean? Do I got a car? Yeah, I got a car. She goes, well, you need, why don't you sell it? I go, uh, I'm confused. And she goes, well, sell the car to get caught back up on, you know, and you can pay your payments for a couple months. And I, I lost it. I came unglued and I went, this is complete and utter bullshit. This game is rigged. I go, you're basically bankrupting me so you can pinch pennies off me and get every last dime of my hard-earned money that you can get. Yeah, I mean, it was just an epiphany at that point that literally I kind of knew the system was rigged because I worked in it. Yep. But this gave me the perspective from the financial sector and the home loan crash and the and everything, right? I went, it just, it was an aha moment. I went, we're screwed. They're out to clean our clocks. That's what they're going to do. And I basically told her very politely to go F off and uh, you're not, I'm not doing that. You can have the house. <laughs> and it was hard. I literally was like, you know, I, as a person who'd always paid their bills, it was very, very difficult to do. But here's the thing I did do. I didn't just walk away from it. I short sold it. I still did the right thing. They made money on the front end and back end of me. I was one of the people who was truly a victim in that game. I lost a quarter million dollars in that house and I did everything right. I did 20% down, did all my payments, asked for some, you know, some slack so I could get past this hump. And they said, no. And I went, okay, I'm not playing by these rules anymore. Because these aren't rules. These are actually criminal enterprises. That's what they're doing. Because me being the guy that did things right, I thought they would say, yeah, no problem. You know, you got good credit score. You've always made your payments. Yeah, we'll help you out. And I got a veteran. I'm a veteran. You know, I've given my career, given half my life to the federal government serving. And they're like, nah, screw off. Give us your money. Dumb boy. And I just was like, that's it. Done. That's absurd. Done. It was so absurd and so insulting that to this day, I harbor ill feelings towards GMAC, period. Because that to me was the epitome of an oligarchy of what we're in today and the big business, big, big finance, just taking it out on the people who did everything right. Because my neighbor who put zero down was a dipshit painter making six figures during the heyday, had no skills except for smoking pot and sitting in his backyard half the day. He, you know, all of a sudden it, it, the, it bursts and all of a sudden no one's paying him to paint their houses the wrong color anymore. So, you know, that guy walks away from his house, comes out free and clear, never put any money down, lived rent free for like a year, did, made no payments. I think he told me he made two payments on that house and didn't do anything. And I was all, wow. System screwed so up. So that's, yeah, I go, so this is how it works. Okay. And so from there, what I had done, 
you know, I decided that I was never going to let that happen again. So I, I short sold it. Uh, they made their money, like I said, front and back and they made money both sides because Gary does things right. You know, I wasn't just going to walk away and let it go. I did the right thing, short sold it. Um, and it wasn't even short sell. It broke even. <laughs> yeah, I think it made a little money in the end. And I'm like, oh my God. And uh, so I downsized and moved into a cottage still in San Diego, but more rural and just basically regrouped, cut my uh, financial expenditures by two thirds and was living off, uh, you know, a couple thousand a month. That was it uh, for everything. Live Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Engineered Sleep. Engineered Sleep is a mattress manufacturer and they are based out of Greenville, South Carolina. They have been making mattresses for as long as I can remember. And their main goal is to make finding the quality mattress for you as easy as possible. Um, they have a showroom in Greenville, but you can also visit them at their website, engineeredsleep.com. If you go to their website, use code LIVE10 and you will get 10% off. As you guys know, sleep is the number one thing you need to focus on for good health. And it all starts with your mattress. So stop putting it on the back burner. Go get yourself a mattress from Engineered Sleep and start living a better life. So you, you're Everything. now currently, as we were talking beforehand, you're in your off-the-grid house. What is, describe mm -hmm. the off-the-grid house. Oh, God. Well, it's, uh, go, to the, go to my website, which I'm sure will be in the show notes, thesimplelifenow.com. But I also have forward slash off-grid picks is a little hidden for people. I don't have it out there for everyone. I should probably do that. <laughs> it has all my pictures. It has a video. I actually go through the entire construction process through pictures from raw land to completion. It's all in there. And I have another project in Arizona I'm working on right now as we speak. Um, but you go there and you can see the whole process. Wow, I just pulled it up. Yeah, it's uh, it's been featured in some. Uh, it was featured in Epic Times and uh, the local newspaper, and it's gotten. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, designed and built most of it, so what I had a contractor. Two thousand twelve, I want to say, right around there. How much time do you spend there? Um, uh, well, roughly half the year. Yeah, because it's at the top of a mountain. Uh, uh, and I thought I, it took me five years to build this. I built it debt free. I own it. Uh, I would build, save, build, save, build, save. Uh, like I said, I don't come from a lineage of rich people. It's all poor. It's, it's <laughs> decades of poorness. So there was no one handing out money for this project. So I did, you know, I worked all the way through, was running a business at the same time. I killed myself. I mean, I, I worked hard to get this done, but yeah, it's, it's at the top of a mountain and during, um, you know, I'm up by Alaska, uh, I mean, uh, Canada. And, and, uh, so it's, gets a lot of snow. And so I leave before I can't get out. It's rough living at the top of this mountain in the winter. And I wouldn't be able to leave unless I was using a snowmobile to go all the way down and out. So do you think it helps your mental, you mentally the most to get away? And that's one of the main reasons I did it. And that's why I write it in all my books and everything like going off the grid and all that. That was the book that kind of spurred all this down the road that was never intended to be written. That was an accident that 
how it happened. Um, but it was for me to get away. And I wanted, I knew I had to run a business, you know, so I had to figure out that balance. And I said, well, you know, let me see. I'd rather build a place that I can get away to for part of the year, work on the business, write books, have quiet, and and then I'll figure out the rest. Well, I, I've been living in an RV for eight years on top of it. So I, I live in an RV half the year now, and I live here half the year. And it's not a big fancy, you know, half million dollar RV. It's a travel trailer, tow it behind my truck. And so I've been doing that. This is the last year I'll do that because the other house will be done in Arizona and it's going to be my podcast studio as well. Nice. Um, that's what I'm building right now. And so, yeah, it's been this huge evolution. And I want, I, that's why I always try to explain to people, if you follow this journey, you know, you're going to see just some, you know, dumb redneck from the middle of nowhere who made it, failed, uh, had to change his life and had to start from scratch again and go through this journey. And it's still going. It's not ending. This journey's never going to end. So you, you can follow me pretty much for a very long time because I don't plan to stop doing any of this. I have multiple projects planned in the future. Um, I'm documenting the Arizona house too because it's a little bit different. So yeah, it's I love it. Uh, it's super quiet. You can't hear anything. It's uh, dead quiet. I'm in, it's gotta uh, be you know, peaceful. I use my mind. Oh, when I get up here, everything just goes away. I bet. Just, yeah, it, 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 I do go into town because people always ask me, they go, do you just stay there for six months? You don't talk to people? I go, no, no, no. There's a, I go work out in town because you go a little stir crazy. And, uh, you know, I, I go in two, three times a week and just kind of, you know, it's only... 15 miles away, 12 miles away. So I kind of built, also, I always talk about this. You need to have a plan. I'm a plan guy. I'm an organization guy. Uh, and I talk about this and I did a whole podcast recently on this, how to get shit done. Plan, organize, execute. And that's something I created throughout my life of how I get things done. Very simple, straightforward, if any, any task you want to complete or any goal you want to set for yourself, you got to come up with a plan. You need to organize that plan. You need to execute that plan. It is that simple, but it's hard to do. It's not the, the middle work is the hard part. And so with that, you know, I had a plan. I didn't just do this by the seat of my pants and watch a TV show on with, you know, a bunch of idiots running around in the middle of the wilderness where it's all staged because be honest with you, most of this stuff is staged. <laughs> I'll be totally honest with you. I know people in the industry. I know people who have these shows. A lot of it is staged. Just warning you. Without a doubt. Um, yeah. And like so. Of, I mean, goodness, there's so many staged things. It's, it's insane. Well, we can get into self-help books, one of my favorite topics. Um, but yeah, so I had a plan of how I wanted to live my life. And I always tell people, this is your journey. And what we've got into, and I call it in my books, widget in, widget out. We're in a widget society where everyone is pursuing the same thing, the same way, living the same life of misery, unhappiness, and unfulfillment. I hate to be that way, but a lot of people are miserable in this country. And it's because we're following, we're not following our path. We're individuals and that's not narcissism. That's not talking about being self-absorbed. We got plenty of that. What it is, is you're an individual first. You need to fix your shit 
first. Don't worry about anyone else till you have your stuff wired tight. And today we worry about everyone else when our life is a shit show. Don't do that. I've done it. You need to focus on yourself, fix yourself, figure out what your plan is, execute your plan. It's your plan. You fail, it's on you. You succeed, it's on you. And we need to get more of that thought process. So when I first did this, a lot of hardcore off-gridders and people who were looking to homestead, they're giving me crap. And I go, guys, did you not read? And I, I talk about all this. I told you this. I didn't hide anything. This is my journey. Why are you bitching about it? Because I don't live here all year. Uh, yeah, it gets cold. I leave. That's my choice. And that's what I mean. You have to look at it as what do you want out of life? How do you want to live? And that's don't live Gary's life. For people, you know, for them it like is. And they'd rather and do think what do they want? <laughs> well, and that's where we're at. Again, it's widget in, widget out. And that's a big part of it. You need to think for yourself. You need to figure out what's going to make you happy. And I have a simple saying, long as you're not harming anyone else, who cares? You know, and that's how you have to look at it. Not that because in society today, and we're seeing it right now, is a lot of people have a handout. You know, they're making more money than I ever made. I, I was talking to a friend about this. I put myself through college and I, I have pay statements of nine grand I made in a year. And I was paying for college. You know, I had to pay rent. I was scraping by. I was, you know, I, my, I, I, my grocery bill was a hundred bucks a month. That's what I ate off of. I cooked all my own food. There was no eating out. There was none of that. And people today are making 50 grand to stay at home and they have no tangible skills, honestly. And if this offends you, well, too bad. You're one of those people. You need to fix it. Because if that's how you plan to live your life, I've made it very clear too, when the downturn of 2008, 2009 happened into 2010, people were, were on unemployment. And I knew people were on un unemployment for over a year and they just didn't want to work. They, they told me, my neighbor right next to me got evicted eventually, just stopped paying his rent because his unemployment ran out and he didn't go look for a job. Yeah, that's happening. And I, I, it's happening now. And I'm going to warn you people who th you think you, even if you have to go get a job and take a pay cut, you better go out there and get a job because people like me are never going to hire you. And I warned my neighbor because that jackass came to me and asked me for a job later on. And I went, you're kidding me, right? I've watched you sit in your house for a year, do nothing, absolutely nothing. And now you want me to hire you? I was like, you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. And I need to warn people that work ethic will go away. It's human nature. We, we can serve energy by with a, it's a survival mechanism. You know, that's how we survive. But it's also things have changed that if you don't go to work and I've always worked, I don't know what it's like not to work really, to be honest with you. Work sucks. Otherwise, it would be called go to play every day. That's not life. Even, even if we didn't have this work system, do you think uh, our, our predecessors who were hunter-gatherers were around playing all day? No. It's, that's not life. That is not how things work. Right. So if you got to right. take a pay cut out, yeah, if you got to take a pay cut and go out there and get a job, 
I'd highly recommend you go do that right now because there's plenty of jobs. You're the last person I will ever hire, period. If you're one of these people who sat around and said, well, I make more money sitting at home. I'm just going to stay home. That doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. Just you're because the government right. yeah, thinks that giving free handouts and buying votes and making people lazy and doing a roundabout of institute. And I'm not against a, I'm not totally against some sort of guaranteed income to a point because the job market's changing. Things are changing. But, but that doesn't mean a free ride. And I've always said this about welfare. I've always said this about food stamps because I, I come from poor people. Got many people in my family who have rode the system. And I've said this, if you want free shit, you got to have skin in the game. You're not going to sit at home all day and go to the grocery store and buy a bunch of crap on food stamps. I've watched it, been in line and think that you're gonna do that and you just get to sit at home. No, you're gonna have to go do something. You have to pick up trash. You're gonna have to go repaint those graffitied walls. You're gonna have to do something. And that's the problem I have is there should be no free rides. And I don't wanna hear what, well, you're not a single mother, Gary. You don't have, okay, fine. We'll give you six months to a year, but you better get your shit together. Yep. After yep. that, get it together. If you can't figure it out, and I'm going to talk about, I know I'm going on rants because I have them planned for today. Um, I, I want to talk about this because I think it's very, yeah, very important. Yeah, we can important. talk all day. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if, you, if you're failing in America, you are screwing up at an, at an epic speed and proportion. I can't make this any clearer. If you're failing in this country, you are failing at a point that is the biggest failure in the world. That sounds harsh. This is the easiest place for you to succeed in this world today. People need to understand If you're failing that. here, yeah, if you're failing here, uh, you're failing everywhere. Because uh, there's a lot of people who are putting in a hell of a lot more work who aren't lucky enough to be born in America who would succeed in your shoes that you're failing in. So that's what you need to look at and that doesn't mean, you know, you go, oh, well, I'm just a failure. No, suck it up, buttercup. This is a place where you still can succeed. You just need to put in the hard work. I mean, 15 bucks an hour. Well, and that's what I talk about. We don't have a spending. We don't have an earning problem in this country. We have a spending problem from the government down. Because I always, I, I used to get this until I started throwing numbers out of what I've made, how much my properties have cost. These two properties that I'm building right now, total of 70 acres. Uh, I'm kind of know what I'm doing. I do consulting. I actually help people do this. Uh, I kind of know what I'm doing. I'm going to build both these properties for less than it takes to do a new construction house today in America, in a residential neighborhood. I'm just smart with my money. Mm -hmm. I'm not an idiot. And that's the problem is people, instead of saying, instead of cutting back and not buying that 70 inch screen, big screen TV, when you live in a 450 square foot apartment, how about you save that money? Why do people how buy about, so much? I, well, first of all, it's ingrained in us, right? And I talk about this in my book, Decluttering Your Life. And I have a financial freedom book. The Simple Life series is about basically 
getting your shit together. And we probably, at some point, let's, we'll probably have to bring up the three-legged stool of the we simple will. life of what we I will. built. Yeah. But I think it's today, it's, it's a two-pronged. We've been told that this is a consumer economy and for the only way for it to work is you must consume. Totally false. We're a production economy is how this country was built. We produce things. We're no longer producing them. Matter of fact, most of the things on my desk, no matter how hard I've tried, are all made in China. And China wants to destroy us. I hate to break it to you, people. China doesn't like us mm -hmm. at all. I was in military intelligence and federal law enforcement. I had top secret clearance for 20 years. China is our enemy. I hate to break it to you, people. Wearing your Mao hat and your Shea shirt and all that bullshit and saying you're woke, you're a moron. These people would lop off your head in a heartbeat. You need to get out of that mindset. And I don't mean hate China. I don't mean to send nasty grams to Chinese citizens. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is pull your head out of your ass. And I've tried. I, I, I walk the walk. My entire company, everything I do is made in America. It's done by Americans, American companies, 100% of all items I sell and produce to include run in America. So don't send me your nasty emails. I do it. And that's a problem. So we're, we're told chase shiny objects, buy things we don't need. And also what it's doing is a lot of people are unfulfilled, unhappy. So what they do is they, they fill that gap by buying useless that's objects. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many baristas have I seen come out of Starbucks and get in a brand new Lexus? And I'm like, what? What planet are we living on? Unless you're really bored and you have too much free time on your hands and plenty of money, I'm not seeing that as a wise decision. And I've watched this because I used to write a lot of my books in coffee shops. So I'd be staring there, walk, watch the barista get off work and walk out to their car. I've lost count how many new Lexuses or newer Lexuses I've, and luxury vehicles I've seen these people get into, BMWs and them all. I grew up and I bought my first car at 15 and a half. It was a 78 piss yellow Toyota pickup with 150,000 miles on it. That's what I bought. Uh, there was no Lexuses or BMWs in the mix. And that's what I mean. It's we're trying to fill a void with things. It never works. All you do is make yourself broke and make these big companies rich. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Part of the system. Yeah. What's uh? So I do want to get into the simple life a little bit, and like you've touched on a little all three of these stools, but the three-legged stool to the simple life. You say one, empower your health; two, free your finances; and or two, free your finances; three, find your purpose. Let's walk through each one of mm -hmm. those. First one, sure. empower your health. What do you mean by that? Yeah, and that's that's a tough one today, right? I grew up uh, an athlete. You know, how I uh, was able to let out a lot of my younger angst and deal with my problems <laughs> as a youngster was sports. I right there with you on that. Yeah, and it, it probably saved me from going to prison or jail. And I used it as a tool to let out that, that uh, heat is the best way. And it taught me a lot of lessons. So I've been in athletics and health for over four decades now. And I've to include working for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the FDA, running a health company, having, you know, 
consulted, taught high-level athletes, trained them. I've done a bit of everything in the health world. Health is the key to a happy life, successful life. If you don't have your health, that's why it's the first leg. You don't have anything and do not send me nasty emails about you're disabled and you have these genetic, dis that's not what I'm talking about, people. That's victimhood. Those piss me off and you'll get a nasty email back. That victimhood of, well, I can't do those things. Well, 99.9% .9 of Americans who are unhealthy can simply change their health by putting in the effort. <laughs> it has nothing to do with genetics. And so health is the key. And once you get your health in order, everything starts to become clearer because guess what that big bowling ball filled with dog shit for most people today on top of your shoulders is the key to how you run your life. That brain, cognitive function. You will not think clearly on the standard American diet and eating muffins and scones all day and whatever crap we eat. I don't even know what the average human eats. I go to the grocery store sometimes and I look and I'm seeing people's grocery carts and I go, there isn't one food item in that entire thing. It's all processed. I don't know. It's all processed and it's junk. I well, guess I, what? I listened to you recently say there's 40,000 items in a grocery store. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It'd take you 125 years if you bought one each day. Uh, and, and, you know, the health part, and I've seen it. I've worked with a lot of clients in my life. I've sold a lot of books. I've got a lot of emails, testimonies. People come back and they say, you know, I kind of thought you're full of crap, Gary. You know, this whole health thing, I thought, you know, just selling something. I go, no, no, no. I go, trust me, I don't need to play the health game. I can get out of this if I want. But it's that vital to me. And that's why I still teach it in the simple life uh, is that it's the key. Once you get your health, Literally, I've watched people's lives turn around from finances to relationships to life purpose. Everything follows off that. What, That's what why I say a, start there. Exactly. What does a decluttered health life look like? Well, it's pretty basic. And people always, you know, and it, it's part of the game, right? The food and pharmaceutical and health industry. I always say there's no money in healthy people. So we're spending trillions of dollars every year in basically you slowly killing yourself and supporting a medical system that doesn't treat or cure problems. It just mitigates them and pushes them down the road. That's all it does. Um, by, by decluttering it, I always use this example. The human body has not changed for hundreds of thousands of years far as the physiology, what we're supposed to eat, how we digest, how we process, none of that's changed. The only thing that's changed is what we eat and what we put in our body. Hunter gather. And if you're a vegan, vegetarian, I don't care. This is a fact. You can argue with it all you want and go look up your pseudoscience websites that tell you this. There are no populations on this planet that eat a vegan diet. There are none zero. There never have been. There probably never. Well, we do now. But what I'm saying is just have an open mind when you listen to this. Hunter gatherers lived off very basic foods, animals. They ate animals. They had to be near a clean water source. They gathered things like, you know, they would eat certain plants, but not a lot because a lot of plants are poisonous to humans. You know, tubers, 
Uh, grains came in much later on, just 10,000 years ago, roughly, maybe 15,000, depending on uh, what, what studies. But those were more survival get-by foods, right? So those were basically what we ate. And fruit, and like people go, well, honey and fruit. I go, fruit's seasonal in most parts of the world. You don't eat fruit all year long. And we used to use it just like bears as a fattening mechanism, you know, for winter. You'd need to survive winter. And we were nomadic because we had to chase our food. I hate to break to people, but animals are fairly smart. I'm a hunter, have been since I was 12. They just don't stick around and let you kill them most of the time. Eventually they figured out and they leave <laughs> and you hunt the whole area out. So eventually you got to move around. That's what we used to do. We used to chase herds and stuff and we were physically active. They all play together. So that's decluttering. Once you kind of boil it down and go, okay, what are humans meant to eat? That's what you should be eating. What we historically have eaten as hunter gathers some nuts, seeds, uh, we didn't really eat grains till recently. Some, some plants, tubers, uh, you know, beans, uh, legumes, and mainly animal products. And people go, well, why mainly animal products? Because calorie-wise, calorie the biggest bang for your buck is an animal. That's the most calories and not only that, most nutrient-dense calories. That's right. And, uh, and, yeah, and another part people forget, like the carnivore diet's been big mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. And people go, well, how can you survive just on meat? I go, I don't recommend that. <laughs> I go, don't eat meat all the time. It, it, a, it's really boring. And B, you don't have to go to extremes, but the reason it works and the reason you can survive on it is because those animals eat the foliage, fruits, nuts, seeds that you would consume, but they process them and it ends up stored in their fat and their muscle tissue. So that's how you end up getting those same nutrients from an animal. They're stored in, in their, in their flesh and in their fat. So that's why. Um, and, and another, if you take it down, another great point oh, I like ahead. to tell people is eating healthy and eating these real foods. It's affordable. Like people use the excuse that they think it's not affordable. Like if you're listening, it is affordable. <laughs> like, Oh, it's cheaper to be healthy. Trust 100%. me on this one. And that's, a, again, how the system and the industry tricks you. And I've heard this excuse a million times, and I brought this up recently <laughs> in an interview, and they're like, whoa. Because I said, let's, the biggest excuse I always heard, too, when I was training people one-on-one -on -one is, I don't have the time, and I don't have the money. Yep. Well, what did COVID do? It created a whole lot of Americans who now had a whole lot of free time and we're making a lot more money to stay home and they got fatter. So I don't want to hear that excuse anymore. I don't want to hear it. It's cheaper to be healthy by far, short-term and long-term. I eat one to two meals a day. I eat grass-fed beef, free-range chicken. I eat you know, what I hunt, what I fish. I'm telling you, it is way cheaper. I eat far less than what I used to and I am uh, still an athletic old man. I do not look like the typical American. I turned 51 here very shortly and people are amazed. I practice what I preach. I do what I say. That's what I'm I love about you first, too. You're honest and you practice what you preach. Everything. I, I, I write about the things I do and teach. There is no BS in there. I don't tell you to make your bed when I'm in the hospital for rehab. I don't do that. Um, I, I guess I just called someone out right there. But... <laughs> These people need to be called out. 
because I'm sick of their crap. I'm sick of these false prophets, I call them, and these people coming out, holier than thou, telling you to do things that they do not do themselves. All they did was take a self-help course back when they were broken working at the car wash and they figured out a way to make money by scamming you. All of them have been car accidents. They've healed themselves, did, skipped back surgery, even though they broke five vertebrae and were partially crippled. And all they did was meditate for a year. And magically, now they're teaching you how to... I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. These are liars. They're full of it. Don't follow these people. You're making stupid, corrupt people rich. But people love Don't to do follow it. stuff like that. They get trapped in these... In that loop of following, oh. they think it's right. Well, they and think I always getting better. Well, I always tell people, look at their history. I always, because I get hit up all the time for these people trying to get on my podcast, all the time. <laughs> and I always, first thing I do is I go try and find a bio on them, and I'm all, who is this? And it's always, well, he he has sold twenty, you know, million books worldwide. He has helped billions of people. It's all BS. And so I dig in their background, there's nothing. And that's the first red flag I tell people. If there's no bio and you can't find a real bio besides that they're a self-help guru, uh, run, run and hide. And also they're going to tell you in the next sentence, oh, I can make you financially independent in three short weeks. All you got to do is take my, it doesn't work that way. People, to be financially independent takes years of dedication and hard work. There's no simple course. There's no shortcuts, none of that. Life's hard. You better get used to it. And I am. I, and I get, I, I take my lumps here and there because I'm very honest. Yep. And these people don't like me. And I'm totally fine with that. They can hate on me all they want. They're fraudsters. They're punks. They're people who are going to go through life, take that last breath and go, yeah, I did a lot of bad things. I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to take that last breath and go, it's time. Live Life in Motion is brought to you by CBDMD. I am very pumped to have CBDMD as a partner. They are the most legitimate CBD company out there. All their products are THC free. They're all third-party tested. Really, they're trusted by a lot of the best athletes in the world. I've used CBD for a long time and their products at CBDMD are simply the best. I love their gummies. Really, there's a lot of uses for CBD. I like to use it for sleep and really any type of recovery. Um, it really can help inflammation. So go to their site, cbdmd.com, look up some products and use promo code LIVE25 at checkout and you will save 25% off your order. So it's a pretty darn good deal. Go to cbdmd.com, use promo code LIVE25 at checkout, and start living healthier. You mentioned earlier, and we were talking about back to hunters and gathers, and we've kind of mm -hmm. discussed the food portion of it. What, what's your thought on physical fitness, what people need to do to stay physically fit? Oh, sure. And it's very simple. I used to use this with a lot of clients, and I'd always tell them, just start walking. Walk every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, start off, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you got dogs, you got kids, take them out, walk them. <laughs> Everyone needs to be walked. Uh, I walk two to three, sometimes four miles a day with the dogs. They go, oh, you got all this time. I go, no, I make time. 
Uh, it's that important. And I've been doing it for years and years and years. Uh, my dogs have gotten important. plenty of exercise. Yeah, dogs. I, I feel sorry. I'm a pet lover. And, you know, I love dogs. And I, I feel sorry for dogs who never get exercised because um, they're meant to run. That's what dogs do. And, and yeah, just do the basics and, and push-ups, you know, planks, pull-ups, these functional exercises that you would have used as a hunter-gatherer, right? Climbing trees. Well, that's why you do pull-ups. You would climb trees, you know, walking, jogging if you can do it, um, running if that's your thing, riding bikes, swimming. You don't have to go to the gym and pump iron. I like pumping iron because that's what I like to do. I grew up a, an athlete. I like getting in there and getting my aggression out. It totally does. And even getting older, my joints are not so friendly to me. Um, But that's part of life. And just do something. I tell people, do something. You know, take, take action today and every day. You know, principle number five of the simple life. Number four, something is better than nothing. Do something. Mm -hmm. Don't sit there and contemplate about it and whine about it. Get off the couch. Just do something. Something. Because if you don't take that first step, you're never going to take the first step, right? It's, It's that you can sit there and talk about it. We have plenty. We have more than enough social media expert warriors, academics, talking heads on the news. We have enough of that. We have plenty of those. We don't need any more. Get off your butt and go do it. And people have heard me rip on <laughs> the Libertarian Party because they're a party of do nothing. They talk a lot. And I love Libertarian. I'm a Libertarian. But they piss me off. Just do something. Do something you say for God's sakes. Right. Stop and, talking. Yeah. And that's what you start to see across the board. And, and I tell people, just go out and do it. Just walk. If you walk 30 minutes, 45 minutes every night, you will notice a difference. Start eating right. The weight will drop off. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you'll start feeling better. You'll start sleeping better. You, uh, you know, you'll start having these crazy things called rational thoughts. You won't buy that stupid thing that you don't need. And that's what I mean. That, that brain chemistry is so important. And I think that's what drives a lot of our bad decisions is we're high on sugar and processed carbohydrates. Yeah, we're addicted That's to what we're high on. Oh, we're totally addicted to it. And it reacts just like heroin and cocaine in the brain. So we get addicted to it. And I'll tell you, I've been there. Not as bad as most Americans, but I'm telling you, it's hard to come up with a rational thought when you're consuming nothing but carbo- carbohydrates and sugar. Mm-hmm. It is really difficult. What... What about, we've talked about this a good bit, but the next step on the, or the next uh, part of the stool, leg on the stool would be free your finances. What's, what's, some, what's yeah. the first steps? What do you mean by that? Well, like I said, we, we don't have an earning problem in this country. We have a spending problem. And I do, in my book, uh, Financial Free, I talk about how to manage the money you already have instead of, because I've gotten people go, why don't you talk about investing? I go, that's the cart before the horse. How are you going to invest if you can't stop spending all of your money and then some? You need to save your money first, you know, spend less than you earn. Focus on that first because the statistics show most Americans do not do that. We spend far more than we have and we put it on credit cards, loans. And I even talk about because uh, real estate was my side hustle, how we've been duped by the American dream of the house. 
The way the mortgage system is set up and the way we were taught to purchase houses is 100% to put you in a life of debt. Honestly, it the system is rigged. I break it, break out the numbers. Even when you think you're coming out ahead on a house, people are making some money now, but not nearly as much as they think they are because the market's completely out of control. But on average, you will pay double what you paid for your house when you go to sell it if you follow how we're taught to finance it today. Most people, even though they think they make money, they lose money on their house. So I always say, be debt free. That's the key. Get out of the financial system. And if you're going to buy a house 15 years or less on your mortgage and you have to put the 20% down. If you can't do that, you cannot afford a house. Is that tough love? Yeah, but it's a fact and I base it on math. Those are the numbers. That's what you need to do. If you can't do that, do not purchase a house. Hey, if you got to rent or you got to figure it out, figure it out. And that's the problem is instead of us purchasing within our limits, we've been taught, well, according to my formula here, Joe, you can afford this $500,000 house, even though you make candles and you only make 30 grand a year. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. We go far beyond what we can afford. And I'm not saying not leverage money. I leverage money here and there, but I've been doing this a long time. You know, I live within my means. So getting debt free, it's hard for me to explain to people who have, who have not done it. But once you become debt free and I don't have a house payment, you know, I own my house debt free. Uh, I own my car. I own my RV. You know, I, I, I keep my debt to a minimum to zero. I'll leverage it here and there, but I pay my rule is if I can't pay it off in a year to two years, no matter what it is, no matter how big the purchase is, I'm not buying it. I'm, I can't afford it. That's my rule. And I love when and, you say, you, you talk about how we have plenty of money. We just spend way too much money. What What is the, I think it's with 15, is it $15 an hour? You're in- yeah. 1% of the world. Yeah. If you make $15 an hour and you only work 40 hours a week, which is not the norm in today's society, Very true. <laughs> you know, most people have to work more than that. If you're basically scraping a grill or, you know, sweeping a floor, nothing wrong with those. I've done them all. I've done all these shitty jobs, people. So don't, again, no nasty emails. I've done them all. I dug, dug ditches for a living that, that $15 an hour at 40 hours a week will make you $31,200 a year. So two people with zero skills at all can make over $60,000 a year in this country. And I'm not saying, hey, $15 isn't the base everywhere, but it is in most places now. It's, and most places are trying to charge unskilled or give people $20 an hour for unskilled labor. Right now, they can't get them. They're not even getting them for $20 an hour. So with that, that, that $15 an hour at $31,200 a year puts you in the richest 1% in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, every American has the potential to be a millionaire. Let that sink in for a second. Every American has the potential to be a millionaire. We, are, we, are, we won the lottery. How lucky is that? And I think if you get in that mindset it changes things, right? You start to look at, I always tell people, you need to look at money as freedom, not at buying shiny objects or 
increasing your status, right? Saying, look at me, I'm cool. You know, I, I got the it. Lexus. Yeah, money is freedom. It is. And I always say the more, the way I state it is the more money you have, the more for potential for freedom you have. The more freedom you have, the less money it takes to maintain that level of freedom. They go hand in hand. And you need to start looking at money that, that way. Uh, we, uh, trust me, uh, my friends, family, you know, uh, <laughs> I watch and I'm astounded at the crap they will buy. And it, it, if, yeah, if you can, yeah, and another rule, I'll do this real quick is you need to look at it. Do you, I go through steps in, in decluttering your life book about, do you need it? Mm -hmm. That's the first question you got to ask yourself. Do you need it or can I afford it? And don't you those two go three questions when you're about to buy something you should ask yourself? Yeah. Yep. And oh gosh, uh, I probably screw up the order. Uh, but the first thing, it always should be, can you afford it? Yeah. I mean, that should be number one. Number two is, do you need it? And number three is, can you live without it? I hope I got those right. I wrote that book years That's ago. The best um, part. Redid it recently. The, the, what you said, number three. Can you live without it? Like, do you need it? <laughs> yeah, do you need it? And that's another thing that I've seen in society today too. And we're struggling with this because I, and it's not a jealousy issue. I, I'm, an, I'm an analytical guy. I look at things, uh, I, I'm a realist. If it, it either is or it isn't. I don't live in the feelings world and I don't live in the make-believe world or just wish for it or things will happen or miracles. I, I just, that's not my world. I'm, I'm a tangible guy. I wanna see it, I wanna know it, I need proof. And what I'm seeing is a lot of things in society teaching you that consumerism and buying those things is okay. You see them in a lot of decluttering books, you see them in the lot simplification, you know, how to better organize your three pairs of skinny jeans or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> These people are full of it. They are full of it. it, it the, one of the biggest things right now, or was, was does it give you joy, right? I just, I took a deep breath when I heard that. And I had to buy the book. I'm not even going to give this person merit because the book is so incredibly stupid that I went, people reading this, you're going to end up getting nothing out of this except for placating you to believe that the life you're living right now and all the crap you've bought is okay long as you organize it. That's basically the gist of the book. And a lot of them. It's not whether it gives you joy or not. That is not how you go through life. I always give this example. My drill does not give me joy. It drills holes. That's what it and does. You need it. I use it. I need it. I need it for a purpose. You need to think of the object. Does it have a purpose? That's how you need to think of it, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, live in an empty room with a lawn chair. I'm not saying that either, mm -hmm. but I look at items that I buy as a resource to live the life I want. You know, I live outdoors, so I, you know, boots, uh, you know, gear, jackets, pants, things like that. Those are important to me. Holsters. I only want to buy them once. I don't want to buy them again. So I buy them from good companies, I buy them directly, and I buy those items because I need them. I don't buy pants because they look cool. Right. I don't do that. They have a purpose uh, for you. 
they have a purpose. And I think one of the things to, and I talk about this and this makes a lot of people cringe, especially women, fashion. Fashion is one of the stupidest things we have ever created to make you buy useless stuff. Not only does fashion make you buy clothes that have no purpose, <laughs> but they like to change them each season. They've added seasons to it. So if you don't dress according to the season with colors and design, you're out of style. Well, I wish I would have invented that business model. That is a great one to make you buy useless stuff nonstop. It really is. And I'm not, <laughs> it really is. And, and I always talk about this too, of what do you need to go to work and be able to have enough clothes to be presentable and work. That's all you need. You don't need anything beyond that. And I used to buy clothes that s served a dual purpose. I was lucky I was in law enforcement, so I could wear cargo pants and I could wear those at work and I could wear those out hunting, hiking. You know, I was a little lucky in that sense, but who says that you can't have slacks that are for when you go out and for work? But most people don't think that way. You know, how many suits do you need if you don't go to suit and tie functions? None. I've had to throw out you know? suits recently because I never wear them. Exactly. But, and that's, you got, that's what I mean. If you start thinking of things rationally, what do you need? What do you need to get by? And, and fashion is more about looking at me instead of listen to me look at me as a person. Mm -hmm. It's because you ask women and I trust me, I've had this debate with many girlfriends over the years and I've heard it numerous times because you know, they go, I'm going to go shopping. You want to go with me? I'm all, no, God, no. And I go, what are you shopping for? Well, I got to look good at work. And I go, okay, why? Well, they, I go, so who are you trying to impress? You already have a boyfriend. We got that established, right? And they go, well, I dress for other women. And I go, just my head wants to explode. They're trying we gotta to get uh, out of that. Yeah. It's like the gossip. They're trying they, to. They want to stay out of the gossip. They want to stay out of the negativity or somebody talking about how they look. Yeah. And, and my attitude is if they're going to talk about you negatively because your sundress is the wrong color in spring, you probably don't need to hang around those people. <laughs> right. You know, I, I would just get rid of them. As, as associates and, and friends, but yeah, starting to think of things uh, as a need. And that's of that's something I want to get to too. The okay. decluttering your social life, but let's move to the third leg of the stool, which it's a hard question. It's find your purpose. Yeah. You know that's yeah. that's just hard for people to do. You know, I've struggled with it. I think all as individuals, we probably all kind of struggle with it. What are some steps to finding your purpose? How, how, how can we do that? Well, and I always talk about, and it took me a long, a long time. I've always been a teacher. That's kind of my thing. It's what I'm good at. It's what I enjoy. I wouldn't teach if I didn't enjoy it. Bottom line, I've done things that I do not enjoy. And it doesn't mean that you don't ever do things you don't enjoy. There's times when you got to suck it up and do things you don't like. That's life. But as soon as you can... And with the government, you know, I went into the government to serve, to help. It was, I'm a, a patriotic guy. I love my country. I feel lucky to have been born here, to be able to live here and enjoy these freedoms. And so that was my purpose at the time, right? But behind it was always teaching. I was an instructor. You know, I was always 
teaching people as well through my career. And I was a college professor for a while, loved it. Um, but just, it wasn't my purpose to be in a college set. That wasn't my purpose. So I tried to figure out what I could do in order to utilize those skills and, and to fill that purpose. So what you need to do is I looked at it as what would I do even if I didn't have to get paid to do it? What do I enjoy to do? Mm -hmm. I, I know that's a tough one because I know that just because you enjoy it doesn't mean, or if, you know, you got to feed your family. You got to, you got to feed yourself. You got to pay your bills. But if you're financially free and debt free, guess what? Then you don't have to do the things you don't want to do as often. Um, that trying to find that thing of giving back, right? So humans, what we've done historically is provided services to each other in one form or another. So if I needed a bearskin coat, well, and you needed arrows, but I knew how to make really good arrows, but I really didn't know how to make a coat. Well, I trade you the arrows for the coat. Simple, right? All, all, all things were met that way. And so look at what you can do and provide as a service to other people to make their lives better. I think that point of giving back, that's something that's always resonated with me. And when you're giving back to individuals or a community, it just makes you feel better. I, I, just for me, I think that's, if I can give back, and that's one reason I've started like training and working with clients because it's nothing, doesn't make me feel, I feel my best when somebody calls me and hey, hey Sam, like, I'm feeling better today. I lost, you know, 10 pounds over the last month or, or whatever it is. You know, that's just a good feeling. Well, and it keeps you going. Those Finding that life purpose is what gets you out of bed in the morning. Uh, for me, working at the government, I talk about this too. At the end, I'd get the Sunday blues, even mm -hmm. though sometimes I had to work on Sundays. But it was just, it was rough just to go to work. And I, so I know how it feels. I know how, I, like I said, I've dug ditches. I've worked on ranches. I've washed dishes. I've done every crappy job known to man. They suck, but not all of them. Some of them were bad. You know, I was a maid in high school. I used to clean rooms in a local hotel and did the maintenance, uh, you know, mowed the lawns. I wasn't a bad job. I, I, it was quiet. No one bugged me. You know, that's what I mean. It's, Finding that purpose in your in your place in life and what you're going to do, it's not easy. But if you do it, I guarantee you'll be a better person and your life will be better for it. I think that's kind of where we're at today is we're struggling. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out how to take instead of give. And if you focus on the giving, and I'm not talking from an altruistic kind of you always sacrifice yourself for others. That never works either. There has to be this balance of, again, you trade me a, a bearskin, uh, you know, a coat, I give you arrows. It has to be an equal exchange of giving, of helping. And if we can get there, I think it would make a big difference in this world. But again, we've been taught consumerism. Mm -hmm. You just need to consume How instead of produce. How big, what's, where's the media's role play in this? Oh, the good old media, my favorite. Well, and that's a problem too, is when I grew up, the news cycle was so short. You know, we had the evening news and then the recap, I think it was like at 10 at night. 
Um, I wish it was still like now that. We're Man. Oh, that's what I mean. That's why I wanted to, the simpler times of growing up and, and quiet. I remember quiet. There wasn't all this noise. We ate dinner at the table. You know, we, we actually had conversations. It was eating at the table was very common. I mean, we went to our friend's house. We, were, we all ate at a table. We talked to each other. There was interaction. No one was on a phone. It was, there was no uh, kind of proxies in between everything. It was all there in front of you. You had to look someone in the eye. You had to communicate. If you said something uh, hurtful, stupid, or uh, inflammatory, there was a chance you'd get knocked in the teeth. You know, it, your actions had repercussions. Your bad behavior had repercussions. And the media today stokes the fires because they know that drama sells. They know that. So they have no vested interest in to share, you know, the stories and help people. And, and that's where I get bent out of shape too. And I, I've always talked about uh, media. You got You need to turn it off. Yeah. Stay away from it. It is toxic as toxic gets. We're in political tribalism. You know, I, I threw out a tweet. I don't use social media much, but I use Twitter. And I, like I said, we were talking before I got on here, I've been trying to get kicked off for a year and I can't seem to figure it out yet. <laughs> that I talked about Democrats want to give everything, give people a bunch of free shit for free. The Republicans complain about it and do nothing. That's what your political system is. That's not helping you out. So you have to look at it as, yeah, the world's a mess. And I'm not saying totally disengage and not be a participant. What I'm saying is, how does that affect your life in a positive way? It doesn't. The, they're geared, and I worked around these people. I did protection. I protected some of these idiots who are still in politics to this day and will die in office, which was never intended by the founders, that you need to focus on the things that you can change. What can you change in your life that benefit you, your family, your community? Getting all wound up on political strife, watching, re, you know, stupid reality, naked and afraid. Oh, my God. I, I can't believe that show is still on. You know, I'm just like the Kardashians. We have lost our minds. And, and I go, if that's what you're focused on, your life is not going to be good. It's just not. And I'm not saying to tune out and, hey, Gary, don't tell me what to watch. But what is the purpose of that? Where do you find I don't your get news? It. Oh, God, it's tough. It uh, I watch business, a business program in the morning. Uh, I, I watch uh, Fox. <laughs> I know. I, I don't like Fox either. But I watch Fox Business with uh, uh, Varney. I just like it because I get my business stuff. I get enough of what the market's doing, see what's going on. And I tune out. But it's in the background. I don't sit and watch it. I turn it on. I take the dogs out. I go get my coffee. I can hear it. I can hear it. That's it. I don't focus on it. And as soon as that stuff's done, I turn it off. And then I go and I start working. Um, I like listening to uh, Dan Bongino. Uh, I've always liked it. He, we have similar backgrounds. So I can, uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad he does what he does. I couldn't do it. It would drive me into an early grave. Um, but I like that he can get, he gets facts out and you, he distills stuff for you. So you don't have to spend as much time. I would not recommend listening to him every single day, mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I pick and choose 
and I get my bits that I need. And plus, I, people also, you need to realize this. I have to be a little more informed because I have a podcast. I write books. I do interviews. I'm on other shows. You don't. So don't do it. If you're not me and you don't need to do this, don't do it. I was telling my you mom just, that this past weekend. She yeah. was she was telling me, which I had never thought of until she told me this, but she was like, I grew up where, when there was a lot of trust in the media. You know, like when I turned on the news, I believed what I heard. I was like, mom, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> like You have to. No. I told her, I was like, you, if you can limit your news to five minutes a day from like a trusted source, do that. Five to 10 minutes. That's all you need. That's all you need. And, you know, and if I didn't do what I did, I wouldn't even listen to Dan Bongino. I like Dan. I do. I like Dan. I think he's, a, I think he's, he's got a good heart and he's trying, but also he is in the media. So I look at it with a jaded eye. If you don't need to do it and you don't need to be that informed, um, don't do it. Five to 10 minutes is all you need. Tune out, focus on the things that will better your life and that you can do. Honestly. So true. And, and Gary, you know, as we're wrapping up here, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. And I think I'm going to have to get you back on again to, to talk about some other subjects, but to kind of piggyback off your book, right? Or, or kind of what you stand for, The Simple Life. What, what's your simple message to people to kind of start living a simpler life? The, the, probably the, the, the simplest, most basic thing I always say is focus on the things that matter, ignore the rest. Focus on the things you can change. I think we spend a lot of time focusing on the things that really don't, really don't involve us and things that we can't change. Worrying about the past. The past is the past. Mm -hmm. It's over. You can't change it. The thing is to move forward and, and look at the things that are within your grasp that you can change right now and start working on them immediately. Because I think a lot of us too, it's, uh, well, we always say, I'll get to that tomorrow, which means you're never going to get to it. I've been there. Procrastination. And, and the things that I teach in the three-legged stool, you can literally go and start those right now and they don't cost you a dime. And people always go, how about the health side? I go, Go out and walk. Last time I checked, it's free. Mm -hmm. No one, you know, you not stuffing that donut down your throat, pretty much free. Matter of fact, you'll probably save money by, you know, going home and cooking a really good meal. So look at it that way too. It's the things you can change, but also they're the things like, and finding your purpose. Does that cost you money? No, not really. Uh, once you in, create a business and you start doing things, well, that, well, yeah. But a business is going to cost you money anyway. Mm -hmm. So why not, why not follow your purpose? Well, Gary, thank you so much for coming on. I, I truly enjoyed it. I, I respect you. I respect your opinions and really what you stand for. And, you know, you're probably in the minority. Uh, but hopefully when people listen to this, they will start taking some of these steps and living a healthier life and decluttering their life and eliminating some stress and, and all the things you talk about. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I know, gosh, we went, we went long, but I'm passionate about this stuff. I hope people can understand that this is my purpose. This is, is what I do. And uh, there's no gimmicks. What you see is what you get. People meet me in person. They go, God dang, you're the same guy. I go, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I hope so. I hope I'm the same guy. And uh, yeah, just, 
you know, just focus again on the things you can change. That's just right. do that. Start. And um, all of your info will be in the show notes like always. So hopefully people reach out to you. Like you said, you're easy to get in touch with, which I, which I found out and was pleasantly surprised. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's twofold because people are, oh, well, you're just not famous. I go, well, I don't want to be famous. Well, that's the point of you being able to reach out to me. Now, if you send me, I do have a rule. If you send me a stupid question that is, you know, not poorly thought out or you're asking me for something, you know, for free <laughs> kind of thing, you probably won't get a response to that. But to to all the people who reach out to me, I, I respond to every single one of them. I spend I allot part of my time. I've been written letters from overseas, all over the world, and I try to respond to those. I haven't been able those are harder. Letters are harder, but I appreciate them. I keep them all. Um, I think it's important. I, I think you need to be accessible. I, I don't, I'm not in this to be a movie star. I'm not in this to be a celebrity. Right. I, I was lucky. I'll leave you with this. I know we run long, but where I learned this from was Stephen Pressfield. When I first started out, he's the guy who wrote the, uh, the legend of Bagger Vance, the war of art, war of art, phenomenal book, by the way, that really helped me a lot that he always responded to my emails way back in the day. So this is 10 plus years ago. I would write, I asked him, you know, I'm trying to be a writer. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I really liked your book. He always responded. He's always responded back to me. I thought that was a, a very important because he's, he's big time. I mean, that guy's, that guy's done it all. And for him to take the time and respond back to those, and it was him. It wasn't some assistant, some lackey. Because I've also heard it from other people. <laughs> Jack Carr, former Navy SEAL, best-selling author now. Well, guess who also responded to him? Stephen Pressfield. So I know it's true, and I feel that that's part of the giving back. You should always be accessible if you're truly in this to help people. It's, it's, part, of, it's part of the deal. I mean, if I'm going to sit here and isolate myself and tell you just buy my shit and go away. That's not being truthful. That's not being a good person. It just isn't. So that's the way I, I love look it. at it. I anyway. love your message. Well, it, it gets me in trouble sometimes because I do get a lot of emails at times and I have to catch up, but I, I firmly believe I, I will never not do that. Very true. In one form or another, you will always be able to get a hold of me. Oh, Gary, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, anytime you want to have me on talk about anything, we I'm an open book. <laughs> thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, click subscribe on your listening platform for upcoming conversations.